High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Well, uh, we're heading off to Boston, Massachusetts, uh, to a possibly homeless Michael Graham. Uh, (laughs) He's left his apartment empty last week and uh, the bailiffs have been around. Michael, welcome to the program. Wait, wait, stop talking. I'm waiting for the Lichtensteinian soccer update. <laughs> I can't continue my day without – I love the idea that you think that Lichtensteinian soccer would be any more ridiculous than just regular soccer, that awful sport you people play. Mm, yeah. The other awful sport you people play is panic over everything, assuming that there's some government program to fix it. Look, I don't know why this is so amazing. You guys, like us, had an economic downturn. A lot of housing was you know, left vacant. A lot of investment didn't pay off. A lot of government-subsidized and government-backed bets because you guys were throwing around German money like it was you know, German money you know, bailed. Now you've got this recovery. Your economy is growing, and so the demand has exceeded the supply. Builders are working on it. I was just reading a fascinating article about how the Irish government – I want to give them credit – passed a, a measure that took effect in July that if you're building a unit of a hundred, you know, a, a project of a hundred units or more, you can now fast track the approvals so they can get that going. And But in the meanwhile, you have this thing called supply and demand. And there is no, just like your water system, there is no substitute. The EU cannot pass a regulation that upends supply and demand. So stop whining about the high rents. Let the in private investors make a ton of money building new housing that they sell for the top dollar they can get. It's a great system. It's a great system for capitalists, basically. Yes. Yeah, you believe capitalism is the answer to everything, whereas in well, fact, me, well, hold on now, no, no, hold on now. Downtown Moscow, like, is a great. Uh, people are are heading there in droves, really, because of the utopian lifestyle of communism. I mean, everybody wants to go to Moscow. Everybody wants to buy a house in Moscow. I just don't understand the people who think that you know we've got to have more restrictions. We've got to force people to build housing basically where you know because I, I, I don't want it near me. You know, it's in the in America we have a phrase George called NIMBY, not in my backyard. And so you have a you know a community where someone says we we need senior housing for example this just happened not long ago in Connecticut we need senior housing we're going to build 50 units in this property and all of the homeowners in the area came and said no we want zoning laws to stop you from building that well why because we're already here and we've got what we want so screw you yeah but hold a while if you in your spacious apartment in Boston if you leave it vacant do you think it's fair that you should be taxed for leaving it vacant? Do you think of that's course fair? not. And I, and I don't think it's fair to make Granny worry that she's going to lose her nursing home you know, benefits if, because she refuses to rent her, her the home she was in to a total stranger. I don't think it's fair to use tax dollars from people who are already paying their mortgage and paying their rent to subsidize goofy programs that are just going to create jobs for Irish bureaucrats and not fix the housing Problem. I don't. I think all of this is crazy and idiotic. Meanwhile, you can see the problem fixing itself. I understand the the conversation. We're frustrated that pricing housing prices have gone up. It's a third of your income to cover your rent or mortgage. I understand that. I don't understand the. And we're angry that people are getting rich fixing that problem. What could be better than a fixing the problem and b people getting rich? Yeah. 
The other thing, I don't know whether you know much about the foundation of the United States of America, um, <laughs> but apparently when Jefferson and the boys were were uh, formulating the Constitution, uh, the, the, the Virginians had headed off in the stagecoach, and then suddenly they discovered that German was going to be passed as the language <laughs> of the USA. So they sent a runner after the Virginians, and they brought them back, and they voted in favor of English. So were it not for the Virginian delegation, you and I will be having this conversation in German. Now, that it comes as great news to the Germans who have discovered that nobody in Germany speaks German. What do you think about that story? I urge everyone to find this uh, Telegraph story. I posted on my Twitter feed, I am M. Graham. I assume you guys have it up too, George. But just reading it is magnificent. I just want, can I read a couple of lines? Yeah. And I want you to imagine this being read with a few words differently at a Donald Trump rally. One of Germany's most prominent politicians has launched an outspoken attack against the increasing use of English in everyday life. He wants a crackdown. Quote, coexistence can only work in Germany if we all speak German, Jens Spahn said. We can and should expect this from every immigrant. It drives me up the wall the way waiters in Berlin restaurants only speak English. You never find this sort of lunacy in Paris. I got to tell you, George, you changed just a couple of key words on that, and you are listening to a meeting of the uh, alt-right in the United States gathering for another riot. Well, you does that mean you're opposed to the idea of people in Germany only speaking English? I mean, do you not think that if you're in Germany and you're a migrant, it behoves you to, to learn German? Oh, of course I think that. The problem is that I've been told my entire adult life that thinking that people who immigrate to America should speak English. I was just told weeks ago when the new immigration plan was announced and it's going to put a premium on people who have mastered English that that was racist, xenophobic hate. And yet here we are in the home of Angela Merkel and Open Borders announcing this exact same policy. That's what I'm sorry. That's the point I was trying to make. I was I've been told my entire adult life that good German European Brussels people hate ideas like this. Well, it makes sense, though, when you listen to this German, that uh, the problem for Germany is, so because Merkel just shot from the hip one day and said, listen, as many millions as want to come <laughs> to Germany, just pop pop over the border. And, of course, she then discovered that this wasn't actually the way to get elected. Um, and uh, the thing is that the French, the interesting thing about the French, if you right. go to France and you've never been outside South Carolina. If <laughs> if you go to France and you speak English to somebody, even though he speaks English, he won't speak to you. He'd speak French to you because okay, now, they I've, value their language. They well, value two, their culture. Two quick things. Number one, I know the best place for cassoulet in Paris. So don't tell me that I haven't <laughs> been to France. And number two, of course, it's common sense that people who are going to share a common government and choose to live together as citizens would speak a common language in addition to the many other languages you speak. But, George, let me read a sentence to you. You will never – I'm going to make up a sentence. You will never read in an article like this. European politician complained that all the waiters speak Arabic. There's a problem with Arabic speakers not learning our local language. You will never, ever hear that statement 
because that's the form of uh, common sense reason that you are not allowed to display uh, in the, among the European left today. And I think I, it's interesting you do you say that because you tend to say things that many of us are thinking. Um, I think the, the 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 German politician chose the word English because yep. it was an easy target. Absolutely. What he was really talking about is that migrants, these these tens, nay, hundreds of thousands of migrants now entering Germany. Are not making an effort to 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 co. He talks about coexistence, and he says, co "In order to have coexistence, you must have language." But see, I don't, and I hate that phrase coexistence because I like the American model. I know it doesn't work everywhere, but I like this idea that it doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like, what language you spoke when you were born. If you embrace the fundamental ideas of America laid out in the Constitution, you become a citizen. Then we don't coexist. We live together. We're all, you know, the the guy who got sworn in as a citizen from Dublin or from the Dominican Republic last week is just as American as my great-grandfather as robert e lee in charlottesville Uh, exactly (laughs) okay so they had a little issue with my great-great-grandfather but you see what i'm saying i get that europe because you guys are are, let's face it more xenophobic and racist that you have problems because you have these pre-existing ideas of what it means to be irish french german that are beyond your government they're cultural they're embedded in the way you've lived for thousands of years we're a new country we don't have that and i like our Away much better. No, but hold on now. Theodore Roosevelt, a bit before your time, Theodore Roosevelt said, I have no problem with anybody coming into this country from any place on the planet, providing that they give allegiance to the flag. And so Theodore Roosevelt, I don't know, it's got to be 1920s, I suppose, Mm -hmm. maybe even earlier. Um, Theodore Roosevelt was saying, look, if you want to come in this country, you better be an American. Don't right. come in here and think you're something else. And I think that's what the German guy was saying. And and it's something which we, all of us in Europe, at our peril, uh, ignore. Right. And that's why this great new book, the, the Strange Death of Europe, is so good, because it lays out the fact that Europeans, whether they're in Ireland or France or Switzerland or whatever, aren't willing to defend the idea that, hey, we've got this culture and, and we like it and it's got good things about it. And so if you want to come and live here, we don't want you to coexist with us here in a separate culture. We want you to to join okay. us, to join us. And that the fact that you that I say you that Europeans can't defend that idea shows what is the number one problem with Europe? Cowardice gutlessness weasels you're cowardly gutless weasels george all right and i mean now, it in love yes now in charlottesville um is in the headlines here but i was looking this morning at my new york times and uh, president trump's rating is now at a new record low this right. predicated according to the article by the fact that he did not condemn uh, the white supremacists in Charlottesville finally appears to have done so. Um, why did he not do it immediately, do you think? That is a great, that's a great question. My column in the Boston Herald this morning uh, covers that. Some people think that it's because, you know, Trump is secretly a you know, white supremacist, anti-Semitic Klansman, which, of course, will come as great news to his daughter, Yael Kushner, which is the name that Ivanka took when she converted to Judaism. So, you know, I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that Donald Trump is a racist closet or otherwise. Here's what I fear. 
Trump is not a conservative. He never has been. He wasn't really a Republican. He talked about running for president as a, you know, a member of other parties until recently. He's a New Yorker. He swam for 70 years in the New York media market, listening to the New York Times and you know, CNN and blah, blah, blah. And their vision of conservatives and Republicans is that we're all a bunch of racists, that inside the heart of every Republican beats you know, a Confederate soldier waiting to get out. They think that the phrase free market is just code for Heil Hitler. And I'm afraid that what we're seeing from Trump is not what he thinks of minorities or what he thinks of the alt-right. I'm afraid what we're seeing is what he thinks of his supporters. He thinks his supporters are the racist bigots, knuckle-draggers that CNN, MSNBC, and the New York Times have told him they are. He thinks this is what they want to hear. And one of the reasons why he's tanking is because, of course, they're not. And so they're just as mad at him for his idiocy uh, on the Charlottesville story as everyone else. And so he's making it harder for people who are trying to cut him a break to stick with him because of 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 how little he thinks of them. And they're starting to figure it out. Well, are we talking like just how dangerous when I was on television after I, I was pretty well the only certainly the only Irish journalist who suggested that Trump would win the election. Um, right. Because I always thought he would win the election because of of uh, the way America is, the way middle sure. America is versus the, the, the coastal regions. But having mm-hmm. said that, um, have we now got absolutely the wrong person in the White House, and if Hillary Clinton, crook and all that she is, if Hillary Clinton were in the White House, America would be in a better place. No, I, I, you know what's sad is I don't agree that we would be in a better place because she's so awful, and that's the problem of the 2016 election. It was your choice, cholera or malaria. There was no upside. So it would be, for example, Kim who just announced that he will not be firing North Korean missiles towards Guam would not be backing down from Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton was part of the mess that brought us a nuclear North Korea in the first place. So I could go on and on that way. But I want to go back to something you were talking about, you know, Trump winning and the surprise and why did he win and what does it say about America? Every political movement has its unacceptable fringe. In America, we have violent Black Lives Matter activists who are the fringe of a legitimate movement about the way the police treat black people. Those violent, set people on fire people are not the movement. We have true communists in the Democratic Party, Bernie Sanders to the left, and they're true socialists. Anyone who says that the American Democratic Party is a bunch of socialists and that they want to return to the glories of the uh, Soviet Union – Well, you're right that that's a small percentage, but that's not who they are. And the same is true with the coalition elected Donald Trump. There are absolutely people who long to go back to the 1950s and when a white man can walk down the street and blah, blah, blah. And that is a small part of his coalition. It really makes me angry that the media in particular are letting the fringes of these groups set the tone. And they're saying the reason you voted for Trump has to be the same reason that the worst people voted for Trump. Instead of acknowledging that 90-whatever percent of Americans who voted for him don't agree with that at all, just like millions of people who voted for Bernie Sanders aren't want to be socialists. 
But the media will not have that conversation, and they're making it harder and harder for us to find a way to move together on ideas because it's all character assassination. All right. Well, interestingly, uh, an extraordinarily smart lady uh, from the U.S. at Harvard, who formerly was at University College Dublin here, Erin Bowman. Erin says to you, I'm amazed she listens to you. It's extraordinary. Um, (laughs) She has the problem with the language argument with George and Michael is the U.S. does not have have an official language so no legal basis for linguistic exclusion how about i that? would I, I i decline to correct people who are clearly smarter than me but we have in our federal immigration law the requirement okay. that if you want to become a citizen you must pass an english proficiency test just like you okay. have to pass a civics test you have to know what okay. the declaration is about look finally before you go we're running a linguistic test here on news talk uh, oh. for possible contributors to the program are you happy to take the linguistic text i'm ready have you got a pen and paper, Henley? I'm ready. I'm ready. Just no math. Don't no, give me any math. No, no. Rearrange the letters. Okay. P-N-E-I-S into the name of an important human body part best when erect. Ooh. I better give you See, the answer before well, you well, get my, me flung my, off the air. The answer am I is, answering or is my wife answering? No, the answer is spine. S P I N E. Gotcha, Graham. Uh, yes, you did, George, as usual. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you are somewhere above the age of 60 and have the sense of humor of, my, of a six year old. I love that. <laughs> Talk to you next week. We have that in common, George. <laughs> Talk to you next week. High noon. With George Hook, thanks to ClaytonHotels.com, with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK.